Sales development continues to grow in importance as a critical component of a successful go-to-market strategy. And with the explosion of new tools, technology, and processes, the sales development industry itself is thriving, as seen with the growth of the 10-bound sales development market map over at 10bound.com. On this podcast, we'll dive deep and go beyond sales development to think about the future of technology, processes, and tools in the industry with our host, noted futurist, author, and sales development practitioner, Justin Michael. Welcome to Beyond Sales Development. Tune in each week and be sure to hit subscribe, leave a comment, and turn on notifications to never miss an episode. And now, Beyond Sales Development with your host, Justin Michael. Well, Joe, fantastic. It's great having you on Beyond Sales Development, which for me is just a conversation, right? I'm um, looking toward 2050, 2035, 2022, and really trying to hone in on sales development themes for the top funnel. So first, I'd love to learn more about what you're working on in 2020. Yeah, so I'm the co-founder of CheatIQ, and what we're building is a search engine designed specifically for B2B salespeople. And it allows them to access all this unstructured information all over the internet. And then this allows them to personalize their outreach a lot more faster and more effectively. And they can also prepare much more quickly for meetings and have better conversations. That's awesome. What are they doing currently that this sort of replaces or augments? I mean, of course, I'm trying to do research and personalize. I hear the clarion call, personalize, 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 but it's kind of hard to do, right? I'm just sort of like looking through the LinkedIn profiles or trying to pull Google quotes like, can you kind of tell me how this is a better mousetrap? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, the way people are researching their the prospects, whether it's the contact or the company, they're just doing Google searches or they're going on LinkedIn and it's really disorganized and there's zero consistency across sales teams. But one thing that we're learning is that there's no sales management that's actually teaching people how to research their prospects effectively. So they're kind of left to their own to look at the LinkedIn profiles. Sometimes if they're clever, they'll look at podcasts, their Twitter. So it's a variety of things, but what happens is they end up opening up 40 tabs and they go down rabbit holes and they waste a lot of time and research is really important, but you also have to have enough activity. So it's a bit of a balancing act with making sure you find what you need, um, but also that you don't spend too much time. on. So once I use your platform and I find it, is there an easy way to bring it into like a sequencer or outreach? How does that work? So right now it's a standalone web app, but we're going to be working on integration so you can push it into something like uh, SalesLock or Outreach or any of those products. That's awesome. What inspired you to start this company or your role in it? Yeah, so I've been in sales for a little over eight years. And one thing that I always hated was doing research. It was just time consuming. And I found myself opening up 40 tabs, just wasting a lot of time. Um, And then sometimes you don't even find anything on some people or you don't find anything that's useful in any companies. And it was just a really big bottleneck for me. And then when I moved into management, I saw how bad it was when you times one person across the entire sales team, how much time they waste on research. And then the flip side is some people don't even do research. So then they're just kind of spamming people with generic email, which doesn't really work anymore. It used to work many years ago, which you probably know about, but not anymore. Just there's too many tools that allow you to send so many emails. What do you think should be personalized? Like, I think what I struggle with is levels of personalization and what relevant personalization, like what type of research should you apply? People say 10K, 10Q, read the annual report, connections in common, where they went to school. What's what's actually resonating the most? Because you're getting to see this across a lot of different customers and campaigns. 
Yeah, so personalization is a little bit of an art. It can be a science, but it really depends on the rep and what they're comfortable with and what they're good at. With that said, I think it's really important that whatever you're personalizing is relevant. Like finding out someone has a golden retriever and trying to insert that in email might work, but if it's not relevant to continuing a business conversation or getting your foot in the door, it's not going to really help. With respect to things like 10Ks, if you're an enterprise company and you don't at least look to see what their growth strategy is, you know, you're probably just wasting a little bit of time that could be applied to maybe finding something out that's one of their key pillars in their growth strategy that you can help with. And then immediately you've sent the relevant email. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily personalized. That might be semantics. But relevancy is probably just as important for a lot of these senior decision makers. Who is this product resonating with the most? Is it across SMB, mid-market, enterprise? Like who are your key prospects and clients right now? Are you able to share? Yeah, so we target mostly enterprise account executives, uh, mostly because they go after a lot of publicly traded companies and also because they have a lot of competition for the types of companies that they're going after. If you're an SMB, you might only do like one to three minutes per uh, research per account or per contact. So it's not even that there's a time savings there for you. Whereas if you're spending 20 minutes or 30 minutes per account per day, uh, that can really start to add up and there can be a huge time savings. But also there's so much more information on a publicly traded company. And that in its own sense is an opportunity, but it can also be a risk for a rep because they can spend way too much time going through all that information. Makes sense. So what could I get out of your platform that's not natively just available in a LinkedIn search? Or is it just synthesizing many different search criteria across different platforms and then pulling it into one area? I'm kind of curious more about how how this was developed. And let's say I'm just going through my day and I'm ready to write an email or pick up the phone and call. Mm -hmm. What am I going to see in Cheetah IQ? Yeah, so we essentially aggregate all the research sources that you would manually look at one by one. So we look at news, press, the company blog, we'll grab their um, SEC material like the 10Ks, earnings calls, podcasts, which can be really useful, job postings, parts of their website. So on one screen, you're going to have everything. It's kind of like a research command center, and then you can deep dive it by keyword. So for instance, I look for something like sales team, and I'll type in sales team, and then it will surface all the relevant content across all those different sources. So that right there will save you a lot of time for kind of two things. One, if it exists, and then two, if it doesn't exist, it's not going to show up in any of those buckets. So you don't actually have to go and start looking for it. So that's at the company level. We just do it one by one. We also search across all the companies in your account. So if you wanted to see, for instance, I talked to someone today who looks for subscription as a keyword because they sell a subscription. They sell a product that helps optimize the credit card subscriptions. So you can search across hundreds of accounts and see like where's subscription coming up in their earnings call, in their 10K, in their press, in their news, that type of thing, job postings. So it's a really good way to not only prioritize outreach, but also find the accounts so you can figure out like what information you want to use. And then not to keep rambling, we also do it at the contact level. So you could upload all the marketing contacts at a company and then we'll say, these people have appeared on a podcast, these people haven't. Here are their social profiles, and then here are mentions of them in news, press, company, blog, that type of thing. Do you have any good stories of like this working really well for a customer? Yeah, so we have um, a strategic account executive who works at a company called Congo. And before, he was spending two hours, two hours on research per account, and now he's down to 20 minutes. And part of that is because all the information is there right on the screen. He can deep dive it. Just having to go out and manually find the 10Ks and earnings calls 
it's not a lot of time per account, but it starts to add up if it's another two to five minutes per account per week and you're going through 20 accounts per week. And then you can deep dive the information. So for him, it's been a big time saver. And then we have enterprise SDRs who use it. We have one at a company called Confluent who said he's went from 20 minutes per account down to two minutes per account. So he's able to get his activity up a lot higher while still doing the research that's required. That's fantastic. How do you personally use it? It's like one of these things where you can like build the company by using the tech and how has it changed? Like what learnings have you had in on the product front, putting this together, like something you thought would be great research or personalized that fell flat? Or I'm just so curious, like your journey getting into this and how it's evolved. How long has it been around? So we launched uh, January of this year, January 27th. So we're pretty new. I've used it in a variety of ways. One of the more interesting ways is I'll do outreach and just offer someone a report on one of their key accounts. And so they'll say like, oh, I'm going after CrowdStrike or oh, I'm going after American Express. And then I'll figure out what are the things that are interesting to them about this account. I'll do the research and then I'll just send them a report that I create manually based on the amount of research that I do. And then they realize like, wow, either there's gaps in my research process or there's a lot of information out there that I'm just missing because I don't have time to get to it. And it actually opens up a lot of sales conversations and opportunities for us. That's fantastic. You're dogfooding your own product. I wonder, like, what do you do in your spare time? Uh, did you think you'd get into this realm of work? I'm sure you're not sitting around researching <laughs> your spare time. Yeah, no. I mean, I've, I've always known, like, personalization and doing your homework on companies is helpful. I just thought there had to be a better way to do it because the current way is just very manual and time-consuming. I hear this a lot. It's like only the company internally knows what would be relevant and personal, but you can't really find it on the internet. Is that true? Or can you really sort of actually find what their pain points are? So you can find it. Uh, companies leave a lot of clues, whether it's in a job posting or in a 10K or an earnings call, or even sometimes in press releases in the news, depending on what you sell. So it can vary from company to company how much information out there, but they all tend to leave clues. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you find like quotes are the best thing to personalize? Is it a challenge? Is it always pain or opportunity? I was in a mastermind group with one of the, the drift conversational marketers. He had been building that framework and talking about the end of Bant and the end of the pain funnel. Is it always a pain? Is it an opportunity? Like, I'm, I'm just curious, or is it just different per, just to kind of educate listeners on what they should be personalizing on for someone like you that does this so much? Yeah. So it depends on kind of what it is that you sell. So what is your value prop? What do you address? If you do something with real estate, there's going to be all, all sorts of information on leases and the number of properties and factories that you can find information on. If you do something with legal stuff or regulation, there's going to be information out there. If you help with growth strategies, that's another piece of information that's going to be out there. So it really just depends on what it is that you sell. CEO quotes, it kind of depends what the CEO is saying. Sometimes they don't have anything that you can leverage depending on what you sell, but usually depending on the earnings call, someone's going to have information that they can use in that C quote to, uh, to say something that resonates either to someone in the C-suite or even someone at the VP or executive director level. There's this new word coming out called hyper-personalization, which is something like a machine couldn't find. Right. The question is, can a machine find everything? And is it worth going hyper? I've seen studies from like Jeremy Donovan where you only really need 20% of the messages or 20% of the sequence to be personalized. Mm -hmm. What level of personalization would I want to pull out of a GIQ system? And like how far do I need to go? So I think there has to be a balance between making sure you don't spend too much time on personalization and over-personalizing it. It still needs to be relevant. And given how many emails people get, you still need to keep it short. 
So you can only personalize so much if you want to fit into the parameters of like keeping it where you can read it on your mobile phone, right? Like get, that's three sentences. So how much personalization can you really fit into there? Um, so I would say to what, and I know the study that you're talking about, like it, at 20%, it goes up and then at 80%, it starts to drop or something for personalization. Yeah. So I think you have to just still keep your emails short because so many people have so many tools that allow you to send so many emails. But yeah, you really want it to be relevant. I think that's probably something that is kind of combined with personalization is if it's not relevant, people don't care that much because they still have a job to do. So you might put personalization in subject lines and you might A-B test subject lines or the first sentence or the calls to action. Yeah. This is a big topic. I think of like Beck Holland and Flip the Script or Josh Braun. And there's been like a lot of technology and strategy and philosophy around it. But what does relevance mean to you, right? Because I sort of feel like business people are focused on a business problem or challenge or opportunity. But sometimes I've turned heads with humor or something extremely hyper-personalized that they can't imagine I figured out, right? Like right. an example, chief revenue officer I tried to get in touch with and my colleague across was dating the best man in his wedding. And once I surfaced that insight, he was just so amazed by the power of LinkedIn sales navigator that he took the meeting. Right. I don't know relevant it was but it's his best friend and you know it's like it's that small world like wow one thing i've been doing is pulling up common connections and telling a story about a few that i know the most in common mm -hmm. and then if, if you kind of hit pay dirt on one it's been like amazing like oh small world but how do you take those signals from your research platform and make them as relevant as possible universally like just sort of a best practice around icp ipp and using this correctly yeah, so there's a lot there. So for a subject line, I think it's important to try to figure out like if there's a keyword or phrase that would be known to the company that demonstrates that you've done your research and it's like one or two words, those tend to work the best. As far as hyper-personalization with the example that you gave, I would consider that probably a little bit of an edge case with the best man in the wedding type of thing. I think if you can find a commonality like that, that's a really good icebreaker to kind of break through the noise because there's so many other emails in the inbox. And if you can be funny, like go for it, but it's a bit of an art and it's not always easy to be funny and it can come off wrong. But again, it goes back to making sure you find information without spending too much time finding that information, whether it's to personalize and make it relevant or make it hyper personalized. It also depends on how many accounts you have in your name. If you only have 10 accounts in your name and you have huge deals, you probably should look to try to hyper personalize. And then if you don't get the meeting that time, go back in three months and try a different approach. So I think the more you can make it human, the better. It's a human on the other end, but you also have to balance the time that you spend writing these emails and doing the research with making sure you have enough activity. This is super helpful and practical, I think, for listeners. Spanning our attention out to the impact of artificial intelligence and machine learning and deep learning, AI and neural nets, these are common themes and talking about mm -hmm. you know, bridging toward the singularity I like to talk about in my work. I'm curious how machine learning like how much of this is going on right now with your platform and where do you see this category of technology going, right? I've seen some technologies where you're sitting inside outreach and it's just pulling in suggested snippets on the accounts. Mm -hmm. Are you going to integrate right into the sequencers and how are you thinking about applying some of the next level technology as it becomes more potent? So essentially what we want to do is try to train computers to do what humans are doing when it comes to research because right now they can't, and it's quite challenging for them to kind of understand either context or what to look for. So by having people type in things like keywords and phrases, we'll get a better understanding of what it is that salespeople look for and what they search for. And then this way, eventually, as we build out 
the product more, we'll be able to automate a lot of the research and then maybe serve up specific snippets or specific pieces of information that would be relevant based on previous searches. So that's kind of the direction that we would take the product. Yeah, I guess the question is, could you figure out for a certain target market like a TAM or a certain type of ICP, a rank of the types of personalization that would be better? Is that something like a machine could A-B test and then predict what's most likely to resonate of the families of personalization? Like here are three factors that we've picked out, but there's a statistical model to predict which one will convert better if sent to certain prospects. Is that the kind of modeling you're thinking of or is there a different model? So I I think that that's something that could come with time. Given the size of our team, it might be a little challenging to take on. But I see what you're saying. Like, Figure out what pieces of information are the most valuable to put into your outreach and figure out what's going to be relevant and resonate with the person on the other end. And you know, I think you'd have to have a lot of salespeople use the product a lot to get enough data to draw any conclusions. One thing that I think would be a little bit of a challenge is with sales, anytime something starts to work really well, everyone else does it, and then it loses its effectiveness. So it would probably be predicting like what's going to be the next thing that works really well and then kind of find the new trends in sales. So going back to that, so I really like to talk about practical application of ideas around what the platform helps people do. Is there a rule of thumb that you sort of based what this platform built in? Before you had this, what did you do? Because obviously, I'd love to see folks talk with you about how they could use this. Mm-hmm. But what if they don't have budget or access to this now or they have to use different platforms how can they still learn from this podcast on what they should be thinking about? I'm sort of looking for the meta framework in your own head is you've done so much different research and personalization. This is what makes great research. I'm thinking about these things when I'm going out there in the sea of information. Right. There's a few different things. I know psychographic, technographic, firmographic. Are you thinking that clinically about it or is it more like a story or a nugget? Like how do you like Joe Benjamin eat a Reese's? (laughs) (laughs) So I think I'd like to think First of all, like when I send an email, is this going to have value to the other person? And is this going to make them think versus all the other emails that they get that are really bad? One thing that's good for salespeople is the bar is so low that if you actually do research, your, research, your email will probably be in the top quarter of emails that go out. I think that's something that a lot of salespeople don't understand. The bar is very, very low. With that said, as far as kind of like my approach, I like to think about what is the company? What do they do? How do they make money? And then how can I help them make more money? Now, what are their growth strategies? What are their problems? And kind of what are their maybe initiatives if they've made them public? Uh, And then I will connect the dots there for them. So I like to demonstrate value with my first email. I won't have any type of call to action ever. It just kind of, this is what I know. And then this is something that's interesting that you should know. And that's it. And then I'll follow up with some sort of call to action in two to three more days. That's a little more pointed. That's connected to that. And that's how I've been getting uh, a very high meeting rate with VPs of sales. There's no kind of secret there that if you do a little bit of research and you send them something interesting and relevant and you keep it short, it it works. But people just don't do that. It's kind of like a ladder of engagement is you're kind of teaching people over time, like a learning CTA versus a meeting CTA. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost in a way like I wouldn't even call it a like a marketing approach, but it's more of a like, let me give someone some value first and make them question what they're currently doing and then follow that up with some sort of action. Yeah, I was just curious if you do a direct CTA for a meeting or a CTA around learning about a specific topic and there's a lot of ways you could go with that. Yeah, so I have pulled away from being direct with people who are like VPs and above 
just because they know that if they want something, they'll ask you for your time. Yeah, I think they showed in the Gong research that if you do like, would you be open to learn more? There's another thing like routing to the right person. If you put the research in an email, would you say, what's your perception of this research? Who should I talk to about it? Like, we're all trying to get meetings and appointments and opportunities. You're trying to be ambient using the research for it and the reaction to the research. Is it like a ladder of engagement? Is it a campaign of research? Just, I'm just really curious about over a sequence, how to leverage the platform to build a deeper story. Yeah. So if you wanted to do outreach to, you know, enterprise company, there's plenty of information where you could customize each step of the sequence by putting a little bit of information in just to show every time that you're doing outreach, you've learned something, you've done your homework about their company. And sometimes you could just ask them a question about something that demonstrates that you've done homework. You don't actually have to say like, I read your 10K. You could say like, with your land and expand growth strategy, how do you plan on addressing X? That's it. And that shows one that you might have an answer to something that they might want an answer to. And also that this isn't just another automated email. I feel like I overdo it. Like I just want to show that I can beat the machine and do something so hyper-personalized. And isn't that amazing? Like, just to go for that flashy personalization. I wonder where the fine line is though between it's pretty generic and then it's personalized enough. And I think that's that's a really hard sweet spot to find. Is that something you find through A B testing over yeah. at T? So I think that's I think that's where it goes to relevancy. So personalizing is kind of like addressing the other person that this is gonna be something that they care about, but relevancy is like relevant to not only them, but to their company and what they're actually worth. So you have to find that. And I always think relevancy is more important than personalization because a lot of people get a lot of emails and they just have problems. And if you can help them solve the problem or you can make them think differently about the problem, they're going to give you some time. I can say in my own personal experience, ever since I became a co-founder of a company, I have gotten more emails and more emails and more phone calls than I can ever imagine. And they are so bad and they're so direct about asking for time. If someone just asked me like, a very pointed question and I saw it on my phone, I'd probably respond, but nobody does. Everyone's sending Calendly links and asking for like 30 minutes to walk them through like a new product that they have that it's going to help my business grow 10x, which is just like, it's ridiculous at this point. Yeah. So I feel like it's a sea of sameness in the messaging. I love this book, Purple Cow by Seth Godin. And I just feel like it's like, hey, Joe, do you want to grow? Do you want to make more money? Do you want to, it's like those infomercials in the 90s. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like, sure, we all want to make more money. Susan Struthers or whatever, ICS Learning Institute. It's just to play forever. One exercise I thought is like, see your like sales leaders' emails or other executives in the company and look at the subject line and look at what they're getting. It almost makes reps more confident because they realize like their competition is basically spam automation. Or those yeah. emails from BPOs where it's like, we specialize in website design, coding, <laughs> bullet, 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 like 25, dear sir or madam type thing, right? So, we want to be just better than the competition. Tell me about like visuals in personalization. Are you touching on any of that along with the messaging? I gave a webinar this morning on that, but I'm curious your thoughts around various different types of personalization, like in a video or how about for cold callers who are using mm-hmm. this to dial out a connect and sell, or maybe they're just good old fashioned phone and lead IQ or zoom info and they're just calling all day. Mm-hmm. How do you pull out the nugget when you have almost no time and someone's trying to shuffle you off or brush you off? So there's two questions there, visualization and personalization or call approaches with your platform. Yeah, so you have a lot there. So visualization, is that just like an image in the email that's relevant? 
Yeah, it could be knowing like which GIF or which diagram or which image. Like maybe there's a piece of personalization when you study a company like out of a SlideShare or a Mary Meeker report or something you want to pull in. Would your platform surface that too or is it mainly text-based? So it's going to be mostly text-based. There could be things in the text that would lead you to an image potentially. I think you'd have to be a little creative with what you come up with to find something like visually in, in our platform in the current state. I think the closest thing would be something like a podcast or getting to people's Twitter feeds because we can source both of that. And then you might be able to reference a, something in there or learn something about the prospect from Twitter and then put that into the email. Yeah, I love that. Just getting creative. And what about for like cold callers who are doing 30 or 50 dials a day and they've got your platform pulled up and they're trying to... So you, you could... Know, so you could do two things. One, you could, so if you're like the subscription example, or if you go after any type of specific industry, which is pretty much every company, you could type in a keyword or phrase that's related to your value prop. And then we could prioritize your outreach by showing you which companies have mentions of this keyword or phrase. And then you could just click through as you make your calls, the information will surface. And then you can decide, you know, is this something that I want to ask my prospect about when I open up the conversation with them? And we serve, we aggregate everything. So with one click, you could have all the information in front of you that's relevant, or you just know, like, I'm just going to go with my standard pitch because this guy doesn't have anything unique about him. That's so interesting. So I know we can't read minds, but where do you think all of this is going? I mean, where is research and personalization going? Because I mean, this is called beyond sales development. So how, how sophisticated could this get? And then you almost wonder if it's too good. You almost have to say, you know, warning a machine did this or <laughs> there's almost a desensitization like the David Copperfield effect. Like you've personalized this thing so perfectly with AI and it comes to me and I'm like, oh, that's the novelty is worn off and I'm amazed by it, but then I'm just, everyone's doing it. So it's like this, this crazy thing where you have to keep it relevant and personalized, but you have to be different. So are there any barriers on the technology side that you think if this was transcended, it could make your tech even better? Just like basic speed limits? Yeah. So I think for us, it's not a matter of like the tech, it's more of a matter of like resources. If we have enough developers to build this out with enough time and money, eventually we could have computers who could be doing the research that a team of humans would be doing at a scale of like thousands of humans per day, where you could just essentially press a button and all the research you would need on any account would pop up and populate in your outbound campaigns. I mean, that's, I think the potential in the next kind of five years with that said beyond five years, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like regulations that come out where emails have to be sent one off and there has to be a demonstration that you've done your research because all the tools that have come out in the last decade have made it very easy to do outreach, but there have been very few that have made it easier to write quality outreach and send, make quality phone calls and make messages that are relevant. And then beyond that, I would see like if you can figure out what every company needs, through research, then you might not need as many salespeople. So instead, you would just kind of tell like companies, like you need to just connect with these companies, or you would just be able to have companies know where to go because you'd be able to predict kind of what it is that they need based on kind of past trends and where companies like them have uh, moved in the past. That's awesome. So I would imagine like people plug in your tool and they're using it and then they see increases in success rates of those campaigns. And do you ever have like prospects are like, wow, what are you using to do this? Or is it more seamless and they're not really sure? So you probably see flavors of both. Yeah. So one thing that we've learned, which was pretty interesting, was that a lot of enterprise salespeople are not trained on how to use things like 10Ks and earnings calls. But when they've actually leveraged them for outreach, 
and they have said like literally i read your 10k and noticed this and then they followed it up with like a connection to their value prop they've been able to get meetings and it's because no enterprise salespeople are actually using earnings calls in 10Ks because it can be a little time consuming to find and read through and find the information you need. So yeah, so we've seen a change in a lot of people's behavior and how they are approaching research after using our tool. And then there's more consistency across teams where they're going to look at potentially job postings. They never looked at podcasts, but everyone thinks it's a good idea. But there's just so much information. It's fragmented. It's overwhelming. And so we're kind of shifting behaviors in the short term to use research more. That's fantastic. It's not like referrals, like the old Dale Carnegie, like 90% of sellers think they're great, but only 11% use them. I really do wonder how many people personalize or they just put the curly bracket, like, hey, first name. Mm-hmm. It's great to see you bring four different native integrations with these um, sales engagement platforms. I was reading in Aragon Research that there's going to be $5 billion poured into you know sales automation tools. And I think effective research is a huge time-consuming part. And so they're doing sub-specialization now. We have a team that's just the researchers. Yep. And then a team that's just like the data groomers that are <laughs> enriching, enhancing, making sure that works. And like, just coming from like the way you see SDR and AE, the model of the future, where do you see that going? Because I think something like 70% of what XDRs do, SDRs do, can be automated. Research seems to be a huge portion of that. And that might lock up a lot, you know, unlock a lot of time to pick that up in the supply chain. What's on the roadmap as far as integration with like the big players in that regard? As far as like integrating with the outreaches and sales lofts and Zants of the world. And where could that go? Just like single click and I've got 10K research right there. Yeah, essentially. So it'd be like having, so people generously say we're like the Google for salespeople, which is quite generous at this stage. But that's kind of what we're trying to design, right? So if you're trying to get into a company like CrowdStrike or Nike and you sell whatever, we want you to be able to just have the information populate potentially into that snippet that would go into your outbound sequence. And then that would eliminate the need for research, essentially. With that said, if it worked and it was perfect, every company would use it and then maybe it wouldn't be as effective. And I think that's where it goes back to the human element of trying to kind of figure out what works and maybe it goes to hyper-personalization as well. So we'll see. Yeah, you almost need a randomizer because if it's the same nugget for IBM and everyone's contacting IBM, it could become too uniform. So it's more like a meta, like a suggestion to say, mention this piece in the 10Q, use yep. your own words, plus a common connection, plus a support, like blended recommendations, or it's really on the rep to be enabled. This is where I think about AI assistance. Could you have something like an outreach Kaya that suggests a tidbit from Cheetah IQ and then also suggests another mechanic blended? Because even if you have these meta frameworks of like, here are the possible research points, but if you blend that with also, you know, elements of technographic, psychographic, and firmographics, then it can be bespoke per rep reaching out to the company because the relationship between one startup and IBM is different than another. And if those ties are different, then linguistically it could be different. So I'm curious, like, would you maybe integrate with an AI assistant or how would you coach the rep? Or is it on the manager to figure out how to do the research better? Have you have you contemplated these areas? This is just like yeah, so this type stuff. So like the AI, like coaching within side sheet IQ to say like this is what you should look for and this is how you should apply it. So it's funny you mention that. So that's something that I've from like user interviews have realized is that people again are not coached on how to do this. They don't know what to look for, and then when it comes to applying it, if it's not a snippet like insert thing from LinkedIn profile here in the email cadence, a lot of reps don't know how to do it. Like they haven't been trained. So what we're building is, and this is a very rough first version, which will just be taxed. It'll be like, 
what to look for on each of those resource, research buckets, and then how to apply it. And then I'm going to add examples too, so people know how to use it. But there's a huge disconnect, I think, from finding the information, digesting the information, and then applying the information. And that's where there's, that's why I think why a lot of the email qualities are so low and why you get such crap all the time. I think we got it. I, I really love where this went right to the, the bleeding edge of where the tech <laughs> go. I really think AI assistance, the next wave, right? Because it's like, yeah. what do we do next? How do we prioritize our time? And can the software be smart and asynchronously coach me so I can improve how I'll utilize the compelling insight to yep. improve my outreach communication? I'm really excited about what you're building. I really selfishly want to try all, all the platforms <laughs> of the people that I talk to. So I would love to get a demo. And where can people find you, like your site, your profile, and then we'll just kind of end, end the recording. Yeah, if you're interested in checking out Cheetah IQ, go to our website, which is cheetahiq.com. You can submit your information to get a demo. And if you want, you can find me on LinkedIn under uh, Joe Benjamin. Thank you so much for being on Beyond Sales Development. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, have a great one. Thanks. Thanks, Joe.